This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is something that people have been asking for a long time. It's something that I have been wanting to do for a long time, and I know he has too. Because when you stare at each other's faces for damn near five years, you reach a point where you think like the other human, and he's been kicking ass, he's been taking names, and I'm proud as fuck about him. Chris Sims, back with Lefko, let's go. Oh, man. What up, Lefko? How you doing? How you feeling? How you living? What's up, bro? What up, kid? It's good to see you. It's good to be on, man. It is. It's great to great to see you, seriously. Uh, I know you're killing it, too, man. And um, I'm disappointed that the NBA season, NBA season was squashed there for a little bit. Because I was just getting in my NBA mode and I was tuning in to watch you on Tuesday highlight show and everything like that. First off, I want more authority with the highlights when you're back on. All right. I want more authority. Okay. Hold on. That's real feedback. What do you mean? I bring it. I want what you do right here. You were saying like you were being like, I'm trying to be a little too much like Ernie Johnson. You know what it is? You know what it is? Because (laughs) I want, I got to be the point guard. That's what Dan Patrick taught me. And so right. that show is amazing when like Shaq or D Wade or whatever chimes in and, and all that, because believe me, all I want to do is Stuart Scott, those highlights. All I want to be is the dish, the time <laughs> with the rhythm and the rhyme. Like I want to go nuts with it. Right. I know I you just, do. I'll, it'll end up being the left go show and I can't do that. That's too much. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> all right, all right. every we'll, Sunday we'll, night, we'll every Sunday it. night, I'm looking up and you're on the most popular NFL show in the history of the world. And oh yes, dude, it's uh, it is crazy, bro. It's crazy that to do that Tuesday show the last few weeks in that podcast studio blew my head off because I thought about how many conversations we've had there where we went, is anybody listening? And then to do the show from there, I was like, this is nuts. Oh man, I miss the old podcast studio, oh. man. I do. Remember I mean, when there were just we curtains up? Good... Oh, I do. I mean, oh, remember when we were just holding a mic by our like a, a little small mic by our remember mouth? Remember when I Craig mean, Carton had so destroyed many good times my together. face for an hour and a half? <laughs> yes, yes, he did. I do remember. Damn. Uh, but man, a lot of good times. And Lefko, yeah, I mean, I, I'm doing well, okay, here on Sunday Night Football, but I wouldn't be here without you did and what I'm... we did at Bleacher Report. And specifically to Lefko, I still look at one of the biggest parts of my career, all right? And I think the moment that made a change things, and it's all you're doing, in my opinion. And that goes back to the Chris Sims quarterback top 70 on Dan Levitard. I mean, that was, my, that was from there on out, I feel like. It changed the game. 
you know, people want to see my rankings and hear from me more and more on that kind of stuff. So uh, that that's you because you texted me during that whole thing. Like, dude, you need to make the list. You got to hurry up and finish. Yeah. The list. I was like, They're you need to have it. We need to do this. I yeah. was like, let's just align. Right. And like, we always say it, but like, shout out to those guys for being like, so welcoming and inviting cool as yes. hell right right uh, are you yeah. tired of making lists though because you know when Devonte adams and and all these guys are now taking shots and are you tired of making lists i am tired of making lists i was actually like a little disappointed when nbc was like hey how about you do a top 10 wide receivers there's not a lot going on right now you know that's just some good conversation filler and you know me, let go. I mean, I love to do it. Yes. I'm not afraid to put my it's name on It's a fun exercise. You learn a lot about all the wide receivers in you, the league. You do. And damn, there are a lot of good ones. The top 10 wide receivers was harder to do than top 10 quarterbacks for me. That's for sure. And, you know, I'm like you too. You know, just because I didn't have Devontae Adams in my top 10 doesn't not mean I still think he's awesome. Right. And I like him. You know, I want him to like me. But I don't know. That relationship might be gone now. So that's just the way it well, is. Well, the way I look at it is I've always said this about the way that you look at players. One, I think that doing rankings like this is not healthy for anybody because there's always nuance and there needs to be reasons. And when you just see a name there, it's crazy. Right. And what, we, what Fendrick and I would always do with your list is not focus on one, two, three, four, five but who is the person in the top 10 that I'm surprised is there? And who is the person that I'm, that I'm shocked is not there? Like you having Devontae Adams not there is one, but you having Cortland Sutton at 10, I was like, are we talking about the fact like he has him as the 10th best player over Devontae Adams? Like, like somebody is getting shine just because somebody is getting shade, you know? Yeah, you're right. You, you are right. And, you know, again, Devontae Adams is the guy that was right there on the cusp of 10, 11, 12. And, hey, you know, shit, I'll trade it all in right now. You tell me I'm one of the 10 or 11, 12 best quarterbacks in football. So don't lose the sight of that. But, man, like Lefko, I'm as you know, I'm sure, there's some wide receivers right now who are on the cusp of superstardom. And some guys that I left off the list where I just went, ooh, Tons. I mean, I know I got guys like A.J. Green on there and things like that, but I look at, like, Terry McLaurin from I was from just going to say him, Kenny Galladay. Right, T.J., you know, D.J. Moore down in uh in You have Carolina. Tyler Lockett on there? You know, I didn't put him on my top ten. He's on my long list I, here, I honestly though. think right. you should do I mean, more you know. tiers because I feel like um, yeah, it's just an easier – like, but look – we did a lot of top fives when we were together because it was like, hey, man. And, and the thing is, is, um, it is it is truly not for clicks, but people need to realize that biases come in and styles of play come in. And everyone has right. a different style because everybody would run a different offense, you know? And, like, I look at your no quarterback doubt. list. I think that your quarterback list is linked to your wide receiver list. I understand why you have Rodgers at three, but I know that the reason that you have Rodgers at three is the reason you have Devontae Adams out of the top 10. I know those are connected. Well, there is a correlation. You're right about that. There's no doubt. Yes. You know, I think a lot of what Devontae Adams' success is predicated on is a guy that can just be like, you know, oh, hey, you got a quarterback who, like, when you tell him to hit the bullseye 40, 40 yards away, 
And Side my arm, argument to it. you would be, we know how basic that offense is. Just like you said, there yes. was no other weapons and they didn't have a running game and their offensive line took a step back. He's having to get open to create those windows. So I would say it's double-sided I hear you. too. That's why NFL is crazy. It's why there is. I, listen, I write these lists. They're fun. I, it's what I believe. I don't sit here and think I'm right about everything. I understand. I got, you know me, I got great friends who are head coaches in football. I know they're not going to see it exactly the same way. The thing I would just want to say to people, especially on social media is, yeah, you see the list, right? Okay. Crap on me, agree on with me, whatever you want. But the thing that bothers me more than anything is how about you listen to my fucking podcast no, that's, and but that's I'll where you're tell wrong. you the fucking, but that's, but I you, know, but they don't listen to the reasoning. No one listens to okay, reasons can I give ever. You, so then they can just I give go you advice? off the names and that Can I give you my me. weird marketing yeah. advice? Every yeah, fucking yeah. time that you put out a list, there should be a thread underneath of little clip outs of all the explanations that you do on your podcast. Not, not hey, Sims, we're going to do this in a minute, but just cut it out and put it underneath and just release it as a thread right. so that if somebody goes, why the fuck did you have it? You can respond, hey, did you check the thread? You know what I mean? Because oh, your, your see, thing needs that's context. What, you're good. You're right. You're right. It does need context. Because I'm not you're there right. to protect that's, you. Because uh, we... I'm sitting there looking at the comments going, this is amazing. <laughs> this guy's getting This is awesome, right. <laughs> yeah, you're not in the boat with me no, anymore. No, so it, it's – No, there, it. there's a little bit of weight <laughs> lifted not having to explain to people that Julio Jones is capable of doing things that Keenan Allen is not. Right. And that, and that – you can open up, like when Cam Newton says in that interview, Josh, you can call things that you could never call for Tom. A hundred percent. But there's also going to be things that he can't call because Tom's not there. And I think like, it becomes yep. stylistically. Yep. And everybody has their, everybody likes to dance at a different song. Man. Yeah, no, it, you're right. There's no doubt about that. Um, I will say, did you see I put Odell Beckham Jr. at number six, right? That. That I was me. very surprised you know how much that you I had him, him behind DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas. And I feel like that was because of internet pressure. No, it okay. was not because of internet pressure. I've come around to the ideas and the styles of players where maybe I pushed back against the DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomases early on in their careers. But guys like Sean Payton have shown me the way of their value. Mm. And, what is that? You know, those what, are what was the that, light that you saw? that just because they're big bodies doesn't mean they can't play slot football and, and do the Julian Edelman type stuff, even though, you know, they're considerably bigger people. You know, they got featured that way. There was a long time here where, no, you were that size. You played outside. That's really all there was to it. And I think that mold being broken down, you know, changed my thinking of even how to evaluate wide receivers going forward because, yeah, now you can look at guys that way and say, ooh, well, you put them here and you got a system around them, there's great value to him. Listen, I think Odell Beckham Jr.'s top-end talent is better than all those guys. But it's been a lot of injuries the last three years for Odell Beckham Jr. And I did the list the same way I do my quarterback list, like basically a pecking order. Hey, my butt's on the hot seat, and here's the receivers I got to go with, right? I'm a, I'm a head coach. And here's the guys I'm going to go with in the pecking order. If the first guy went down, the second guy went down, whatever. And Odell, because of the injuries and because he's not big like right. those guys and he can't always rely on size, he has to rely on his explosiveness and acceleration. So I just want to see that. 
Odell Beckham Jr., you, you know me. I mean, and I think you're the same way. Hitting on all cylinders, oh. a healthy Odell Beckham Jr., I, I is going to be the best receiver in football. I'm hoping we get to see that also, this year. The fact that everyone's talking about Devontae Adams is also covering up that you and me agree on one factor that no one else is saying, that Tyree Kill is the best wide receiver in the NFL. And, and we, we're, we're not even talking about the fact that he can jump over anybody except that one high school kid. He can outrun anybody. He can be a star running back if you want to. He made the biggest play in the Super Bowl when, no, when it was right. all thrown away. And he's he to me is like the perfect weapon on offense and yeah that's what it is but nobody but but when we that's focus on is. who's left off instead of that which i find to be very interesting but I'm, i know i I'll know let you talk about tyree well well no i, I mean but but you know oddly enough and i haven't gone through like my social media a whole lot this morning but like last night when i was going through it you're right there wasn't a lot of pushback of like oh tyreek number one not the the amount I was expecting. I thought a lot of people were going to be like, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy. Uh, but, yeah, I think people are coming around to some of the things you're saying. You know, yeah, is he a good a route runner? Is, you know, Michael Thomas or Amari Cooper or Devontae Adams? No. Okay, no. Are his hands as good as, like, Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins? No. But his speed is such a real factor and his explosiveness – I don't care about some of those other things. Like you said, that third and 15 in the Super Bowl, he's the only receiver and maybe Odell, uh, the only receivers in football you could even call that route right. for. Because they're scaring the defense so much to create that. Right. Problem. Exactly right. And, and that's where you're, you said it right. The weapon factor. They get do, you other remember, do you remember when and, we put out a video yeah. that said Tyreek Hill might be the best running back on the Chiefs in his rookie year? when he had that huge game against the Titans. Right. And yeah, well, yeah, I mean, but that's, that's part of it. And that's part of being a receiver in the NFL right now. You know, it is, I'm not sitting here just going to look at catches no. and everything like that. It's the effect you have on a defense. It's the effect you have on your own team. Right. And it's not all about catches and route running. Andy Reid doesn't ask him to run routes that he's not good at running. And, they get him the ball a lot of different ways, and I think you would agree. There's nobody more dangerous than Tyree Kill with the ball in his hands than all of football, maybe. So from that aspect, yeah, it's a little different than the traditional wide receiver. But for me, if I'm a quarterback in my prime or a head coach, and you go, okay, first pick receiver, who you going with? I'm going, I'm taking Tyree Kill. I'm I sorry. just talked to Warren Sharp, and he said again that the way that you have success in the beginning of games and early downs is and throughout the entire games is play action and pre-snap motion and like right the weapons that work in those the Niners the Chiefs the Saints are those guys that right. are the ultimate mismatches and can run side to side and are challenging you they're threatening you uh yeah what what right. is it like to realize that you were wrong and I were right that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL uh, I said that before last season and you said not so fast what is that? I had to see it. I had to see it. I, I mean, you were hold right. On, but you hold on, but, hold on, but let me say this for real. Yeah. There yeah. are a few tenets of our podcast that we had that I feel like we need to talk about because we didn't get a chance to celebrate them. Let's the first one be Patrick Mahomes, who you were right on before anybody else. We sat there on Facebook and you said he reminds me of Brett Favre. And people were like, but Texas Tech, I remember when he went 10th overall, people were like, what the hell? Then the stories come out that Sean Payton wanted him. 
But how does it feel to watch him turn into the best quarterback in the NFL, a $503 million contract, and the, like, the greatest two years to start an NFL career that we've seen? Yeah, well, you know, from, from in our business, I mean, and what we do, yeah, it feels good. It does. You know, uh, you know how excited I was watching him early on in that process. And my dad, he, like, still tells the story because he's always, like, when I first told my dad, he was, like, whoa, 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 don't, don't say that publicly yet. Don't. And I was, like, well, it's too late. I already said it on Facebook today. So, don't worry. You know, oh, it was, Christopher. That was gone. Oh, Christopher. Yeah. Oh, Christopher. Gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Because he hadn't seen him yet. And I was already raving about him and just telling him how great he right. was. And he was the best quarterback in that draft. But, you know, hey, listen, it just – uh, he was one that jumped out to me. And, you know, I've been wrong about guys. I've been right about more, more than I've been wrong. That's certain, I talked, I talked but, to his agent yeah, he, and I said, he's rare. I said, hey, man, do you remember this at the Super Bowl in Minnesota a few years ago when Patrick was sitting at the table and nobody was talking to him and you guys were just hanging out with us yeah. because nobody knew who the kid was? Like Alex Smith was the big deal. Uh, at the media row. Right. And Mahomes is sitting there like on his phone and – I don't know, man. It's just, what a good kid. You like people. Yeah. What a good kid. What a deal he just took for his team. I, I mean, heard your guy Florio on. and, and look Florio's words and how he understands contracts really is crazy. But like for him to yeah. be like Mahomes should take more. I'm like, you know what? He, he learned like one, he's getting a lot, but he looked at Brady and said, how do we do this for a long time? Right. Right. Because who wants but to play with nobody? Think... Well, yeah, exactly 30. right. Right. Exactly. You know, that it's something, you know, hey, Florio, he's a businessman. He's really smart. He's into like capitalizing out of every totally dollar you can possibly get. But I but, get that if you're you know, a running no, back. Everybody... But like the, the level sure. of money for a quarterback is already so high. It's insane. You're exactly right. And I think it's a guy like, to your point, Lepko, like he's a guy that wants to be an all-time great. And he's sitting there going, you know, oh, if I have $240 million in the bank or $255 million in the bank, it's not going to make a fucking difference in your life. I mean, maybe if you wanted to get a diamond-encrusted toilet seat instead of the gold-plated <laughs> one, I don't know. But that's being picky. He's he going for the rings, and he realizes he's had great support for, around him from the start. So with all that support, it just accentuates all the great abilities he yeah. has, too. He can show us off the full array, arrangements, uh, or array of, of weaponry that I did he has not think, as far as his own personal skill set. I did set. not think that Brett Veach and the Chiefs were going to be able to give Mahomes a new contract, bring back Chris Jones, keep Sammy Watkins in addition to Tyree Kill and Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. Like, right. They kept everybody. They've a phenomenal job and it all starts with 15. I mean, number 15 gave them the leeway and the fact that he's basically, you know, the next five years is going to make $140 million. It's insane. Do you, and do of you, course that's going to throw, is it going to be possible yeah. for him to continue to impress us? Because when you start off with MVP, yes. really, I think so. I think the thing I've been saying is this, like, and first off, let me just get back to the main point before we get this, because you're right. You, you said it last year before I did my rankings before the 2019 season, you're going, I don't know. Mahomes is the best. And I still went with Rogers because my belief was in that AFC championship game, Patriots versus chiefs. 
I think if Aaron Rodgers is on the Chiefs, the Chiefs win that game because because of his experience, I don't think he would have been fooled in the first two and a half quarters of the game by the things gotcha. the Patriots were doing. So that's where I gave that edge. But, you know, that's gone now. And you're right about that. Do you real, oh, really now, quick before you go, do you realize that yeah. for the rest of his career, any lead against Patrick Mahomes is not safe? Like, he, he already has that Elway thing about the drive in year two where no matter how far yeah. he's down the team looks at him and they go we got this that's like what a superpower superpower oh, and i think that answers your question there that you just said it like is he going to continue to impress us and I, my answer would be yes because the pressure's off mm. now i mean there is no pressure and to me these are the type of circumstances that usually lead to greatness you know brady won the super bowl a second year Montana his third year Bradshaw was pretty early Troy Aikman was pretty early you know that lends you to go Russell okay, Wilson wait, was early I played in the Russell Wilson and yes, Roethlisberger right. was early there you go so when you do that Tom Brady I think therefore you said. I said Brady but yeah but but I mean you know what I'm saying here so when you do that you can go in first off and have the confidence of going, wait, I've delivered in the biggest game on the planet and beat the best teams there are, and I know I can play at a high, high level, let alone there's just not the pressure anymore from the fans and the media of like, ooh, can he win the big one or is he just going to be a stat machine? And that's where I look at this Mahomes thing right now with this team around him and Andy Reid, I think they're the type of group that's going to be better loose. And there's loose and think not about to worry also about that now Super Andy Reid doesn't have to coach with pressure. That's what I mean. It's off of him, too. So and That one's even like, bigger. Well, I wouldn't have tried this, but fuck you. I got a ring, so let me try this. I, it's, it's the perfect marriage for a coach like that to get a player like that and to fully execute what his vision was. Like, it, like yeah. all those years where the Eagles couldn't get over the top, that's the, the, how powerful their offense was during the regular season. When it was, when it was Westbrook right. and T.O. And, and all those weapons. But now it's – Travis Kelsey's on his way to the Hall of Fame with the pace he's going at. Tyreek Hill is the most – you said number one. Anyway, um, the yeah. other – our Second Amendment, Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the NFL. Um, yes. Before last season, I think we texted and we said, if this doesn't work out this year, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. And now he's known as the best offensive mind in the league. And it's something that we yelled about for five years – and you would bring up the Houston Texans offense. You'd bring up the Washington offense. You'd bring up the Cleveland offense. And then now it took Atlanta for him to get the head coaching job. Right. But then it took last right. season for people to finally admit all of those things about Kyle. And as a friend, is it nice not having to defend him anymore? It is nice. It really is. You know, um, I, I it, the conversation has totally changed. You're right. I don't have to defend them at all. You know, I got to do a little bit of a defend defending thing after the Super Bowl, right? Where people tried to bring up like, oh, he can't manage a game when the team has the lead. Like, you know, that's such a stupid, exhausted point, and I, I don't even want to get into it right now. But no, I'm glad Jimmy Garoppolo hits that throw in the game's made over. Well, yes. I mean, there's a number of plays. You know, we can go through where I could sit here and I wish you and I could watch yeah. it on film and I'd go, man, if they did this or did that or if he threw it here or they could have just blocked this guy a little bit better, the game's I over. Know. It's over. They had many opportunities. Yeah. Uh, but 
you know, of course it didn't happen, but it is awesome to see. I mean, Kyle is just, he lives it. Uh, and, you know, the one thing I'll say too, he's one of those teams like Kansas City, where I think as far as the pandemic's concerned, is sitting pretty because they don't have a lot of changes on their or, in their organization to where they can bring back the same team, not have to worry about, you know, new parts, new coaches, things like that, and they'll be dangerous. So, yeah, I would say watch out for Kyle Shanahan they here for a long time. They built that team so perfectly around the way that he wants. And, and the thing is, is um, who was the defensive end the Falcons took out of Clemson? Oh, Vic Beasley. Nick Bosa is what the Falcons wanted Vic Beasley to be. Because sure, when you build right. a lead with Kyle – you need a guy off the side that can go for 10 or 15 sacks a year. And Vic had that look because when you build that early lead, you need to pound them into submission, sacks, pressure, all that. And they have that now with that Niners defense. They do. And, you know, they got, they got Warner in the middle that can mirror what they had in Atlanta. Um, but I, do you think that offense can keep growing? I know the Debo injury is going to hurt a lot, but do you think that they, they have yeah. all the tools with Juszczyk and, and, and um, Kittle? Yeah, Kittle, right. I think Brandon yeah, Ayuk I is going to be the low-key baller out there this season that no one's talking about. Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, Kyle would probably agree with you there. You know, Kyle, throughout the draft process – was in love with Brandon Ayuk. It took a lot for me not to spit his name out more, really. Know but this, I know this, yeah. is that there are certain yeah. people that can scout certain positions. Like we would always say, right. if, if Tom Coughlin drafted a wide receiver or the Steelers drafted right. a wide receiver and you didn't like him, you're about to look stupid. But Kyle's like that too. And, and the fact that he was able to keep that a secret the entire time, that just makes me know how much oh. he loves him. Yeah, he loved him. I mean, I, you know, I, listen, full transparency, I think he was, he was thinking about taking him at pick 13 where he took Javon Kinlaw. He really was. So that's how high – he thought he – he said to me, he goes, I think he's Isaac Bruce. That's who I think I got here. Wow. So that's exciting. And Debo Samuel will be okay. But to answer the big part of the question, like, will Kyle be able to keep this up? Yes. I, I don't have any doubt about it because he's just such a – it's like a Sean Payton or a Josh McDaniels, you know, the great offensive minds. One, they're extremely driven, you know, every day, the grind, you know, being creative, it's nothing to them. And they don't think they have all the answers. They're always looking to do and more. They and they're not afraid. The history to do of things. the NFL. They, sure. to them, to them is an art. It is not a job. Like, whenever I hear Sean Payton or Kyle Shanahan talk, it is, they are not a head football coach. That is who they are. Like, it's not their – like, right. and it is in their blood. So, like, I'm never worried it about is. those guys adapting because it's adapt or die. Yeah, it, it is. And they're, 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 they're real. They're just – they're two of the realest coaches you're, you're going to see in football. Like you're saying, that's what it is, is they're just – Kyle, if me and him are FaceTiming, I don't think he's talking to me any different than he would talk to Jimmy Garoppolo or George Kittle or, or a team meeting. That's the way he is. Like you said, he, he, this is who they are. They live it. It's not like, oh, I'm out of the football building and I, I forget about football until I walk yeah, back no. in there at 6 o'clock in the morning the next day. No, they bring it home. They're always talking about it. They're thinking about it. Kyle's talking about it with his wife. I mean, it, it, he's obsessed with it. So uh, it never leaves him, and I think that's why he will be great for a long you time. You mentioned earlier the pandemic and who's going to handle it well. 
with all the stuff, and we're recording this on Tuesday, the 21st. Um, do you think we're going to have a season? you think it's going to happen? The NFL was just like, no, we'll get rid of all the preseason games. And I was like, oh, oh, well, you just gave them up quick, and you've been fighting for those for a decade. Like, that, that was an interesting sign for me where they, like, all the stars were like, we want to play, send, tweet. And the NFL was like, preseason is canceled. Like, I, that opened my eyes a lot. Well, I, I think, you know, hey, we used to talk, right? We're the players podcast. Yeah. You know, this is one of this is one of the first times I can ever remember the players have the power here right now. It was the first they time where I've seen a unified it was like I don't know who sent out the email and how they got in touch with all the agents, but that was the first unified NFL front that was decisive that I have seen since we've been talking yeah. together. Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, I'm, a, I'm optimistic, Lefko. I am. I really am, especially, you know, just some of the things I've heard just even over the last week. And then finally, I think the NFL is coming around to doing the proper thing here, the daily testing, the no preseason. You know, the big thing is, though, to me, at least if we want an on-time start to the NFL, which I'll, I'll tell you I'm going to push back against that big time. But I think, you know, how can you expect, coaches or the or teams to start training camp here in the next two three four days when they don't even have the rules of like how the league's supposed to totally. be run yet so i think that's what people are missing and then the other thing i think that our people are missing is you're gonna have more out of shape football players ever in the history of football this year when they first get to training camp so if we're worried about player safety we're gonna get a bunch of non you know not in shape guys and then throw them out there for what makes you think everybody's not in shape in five weeks well, because you just can't possibly be in the shape that you think you need to be in unless you're with a right. coach right. on the field daily. You're being competitive with other people and being pushed that way. How do you way. think that impacts you know you're being watched. at the beginning of the season? I think it could be really, really sloppy. I think that's where it's going to have to be like coaches are going to have to be very creative with how they coach their teams here. And I think it's going to be harder to, you know, get further down the road into your playbook you know, by August 29th as oh, compared totally. to most years. Because how, how do you get there? Lefko, like, think about this. You know, This makes right me now, want to invest like so in big people. teams and running teams. Is When I hear that, that's well, what I think about. Well, I, I, I think there's probably something to that a little bit. But, you know, just like here's a tr – like, offensive – there's only allowed, like, six offensive linemen in a room. In training camp, there's, like, 14 offensive linemen. So what do you – how are you going to make that work? You're going to have another coach group coaching – that group I would just of set offensive up linemen everywhere because it's uh, it's what they're going to try. Okay, to do. so here's You're what scares right. me: Major League Baseball yeah. said travel's an issue. Let's regionalize our teams so that your Yankees and my Phillies are now in the same division. NBA created a bubble to reduce their impact, and that bubble has officially become COVID-free, which is incredible. It's going to happen. I can't believe it. It's going to happen. Everything in the NFL has been everything is normal. I don't see anything done in terms of travel or containment. And that's really my fear is that by week two or three, it, like I'm not seeing any precaution on that. You can do daily testing in your facility, but once this team from Philly yeah. goes to LA, what the hell happens there? I know. I, you're right. I mean, the NFL is trying to do it. And these NBA players are in a bubble. Bubbles. These NFL players aren't going in a yeah. bubble. No, they're not. They're going to go home to their families. First off, I don't think NFL players really care about COVID-19. Let me just say that. I don't. A I lot think of the players only that I've interviewed have worried that statement. 
Yeah, there's no way. I mean, you saw the offensive line summit. They're having a chicken wing contest, like all in each other's face and yelling at each other. You know, all the workouts we've seen. Like, yeah, I don't think the players, I think their concern is, I don't want to bring this home to my little girl who has asthma or my mom who lives with me who's 78 years old. That's the concern, I think, more than anything. So, okay, the, te- the testing every day, uh, I think the NFL is doing the best it can right. do. The problem is we have a country that's not doing the yeah. best it can do. I mean, well, that's Warren, one of our Warren, biggest issues. Warren Sharp said on this podcast back in March that he thought that every team should have a bubble for their players for a month or two before starting it. But I just – like what you said – I agree. Uh, I was saying the same of thing. Of all the athletes. They should have been there in the start of July. Of all the athletes. They should have been there in July. You know this. Yeah, NFL players are the ones that go, no fear. And that's yeah, and that's it. that's why it's going to be like this. I think NBA, it's it, like it's it like I be. am one of fifteen people on a team, and I am making forty right. million dollars as a backup point guard. You know, it's just a different thing. Um, no, it, it on is. your quarterback You're list. Right. You also had Russ over Rogers, which made me very happy. I, it's it's crazy to me. He's never got an MVP vote, but there were other names on this list that I do want to talk about. Um, yeah. Cam Newton at 10. Let's start there. Um, okay. Do you, do you have, it's so hard because with him, we, you have to know where he is health wise, but I do think people have completely slept on Cam Newton and, and I really hope the Patriots make it work. I really do. Yeah. Listen, you know, okay. I know the health is a question, right? You know, first off, I did a little homework before I put him at 10. I knew some people who told me, like, don't, the health is not going to be an issue, right? Mr. So Mr. I, I know everything about, about the Patriots. How do you think that that works together? Well, I think that, you know, first off, I don't think the Patriots sign him or do this without them doing their due diligence. You know, I know I've told you enough stories with how they work. I wouldn't be shocked if they followed Cam Newton for three weeks with a private investigator. I mean, that's just the way New England does things. So, you know, they, they're – they have called and talked to everybody in the world about Cam Newton. And hey, he's 31, about to be 32 years old. You know, his, his, his injuries aren't like I look at them and go, oh, they're career ending. He was throwing the ball fine last year. Then he, yeah, he hurt his foot. But in 2020, with one of the better athletes in, the, in our planet, I think he'll be okay with the foot injury when he's 32 years old right now in this time. And then what I saw on social media, the way he's been running and aggressively hopping around the pocket, you know, that leads me to believe too. Okay. He's good. So it's, 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 I mean, they could be in the final four this year, Lefko, or he could get beat out by Jared Stidham. I, there's a boom or bust aspect to it. I go like 80 boom, 20 bust, just to be clear there. People to me, it seems like when you say Cam Newton's good, they think it means that Jared Stidham is bad. Or if you compliment Jared Stidham, I think that the Patriots just have maybe the best one-two punch in the NFL other than, like, a Breeze Jameis. Well, yeah. Oh, I, I, I would agree. You know, first off, Jared Stidham's not going to lay down here and just go, oh, hey, you're Cam Newton. Here you go. Here's your starting job. No. And the Patriots think a lot of Jared Stidham. Do you think a they lot? Were... When you watched him play last year with some of the picks and all that, was that scheme or did you see positive things out of Jared Stidham? Oh, I mean, I was blown away. I thought his preseason, first off, was phenomenal. Like, I mean, I thought it was off the charts good. So that was the first thing that opened my eyes. Listen, 
you know, you don't get to play for 15 weeks and then all of a sudden you get thrown in a game. Like, you know, good fucking yeah. luck. I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't be as good announcer if you didn't announce for 15 weeks and then all of a sudden you had to go on the biggest show of the year. Right. You wouldn't be as smooth as you're supposed right. to be. So, you know, you got to take that into account. You let alone, he probably wasn't getting a ton of reps either in practice, but Stidham's, he is a franchise quarterback in my opinion. He's a starting quarterback. You know, he's a guy that I, I thought was really a first-round talent coming out in the draft. But this is it. This is the bottom line, Lepko. This is New England. And they're going, huh, Jared Stidham going into the second year. Oh, that's right. Oh, hi, Jared Stidham. We have control of you for the next three years no matter what. And then there's this other guy who's a proven commodity who can, like, win games by himself sometimes, okay? So – we're going to bring him in here for a million dollars. And yeah, you might have to sit on the bench for yeah. a year or two, or it falls apart with Cam and he takes over. But, you know, the best thing team, is that Jared really Stidham is battling yeah. Cam Newton and not the ghost of Tom Brady. Sure. Because you can beat out Cam Newton, you'll that. never beat out the ghost of Tom Brady. Well, yep. I, I, I hear you there. And, you know, I, I think Stidham the New England people think Stidham has all the mental makeup to deal with any of this type of adversity, you know, but I'll say this too, Lepko. I really think the New England Patriots football team is built better right now for a guy like Cam Newton than it is necessarily for a guy like Tom Brady or Jared Stidham. You know, I say that because, you know, the offensive line didn't play the best last year, but I think they're they're still going to try to play through that, the run game. Right. Julian. David Andrews is out the whole year. So, a whole year, right. Shaq Mason didn't play well, you know, so I would think some of those things bounce back. But, like, you know, Edelman, Muhammad Sanu, and Akil Harry, those are all guys that could do speed sweeps, throw the ball off their speed or reverse or do anything. They're going to have people moving and doing everything. McDaniels was with Tebow. He drafted him. Don't forget that when Jacoby Brissett took over for Garoppolo the year Brady was suspended, they basically ran the wildcat offense with Jacoby Brissett. And as I've told you before, it's the most extensive playbook in the history of football. They have all these Cam Newton plays in their playbook already. Just with Tom Brady was the quarterback, it was on page 200. Now that Cam Newton will be there, they'll get moved up into the first 50 pages of the playbook. So uh, they'll be prepared and that ready right to go. right there was Cam Newton Patriots porn. Like that right there, if you're a Patriots fan, you're sitting there and you're just losing your mind right now. Because I also think about this. Tom Brady would be the, yeah, and it would be that. Cam is going to be in Foxborough in front of all of them, ripping it open and pointing first down. And the thing is, Tom, you rooted, like, with him, and it was like we're all together. Cam is going to stand up with that Elvis patriot and with, with like, the tails coming out the back of his helmet. Like – the swag with the structure, that combination is so perfect. And like, I love when a quarterback gets slept on by everybody and presumed left for dead. And then Belichick picks him up and rubs it in everybody's face. I just love it. Oh, well, I, I was the dumbest person in America for having him as a top 10 quarterback. And then Belichick got him and everyone was That's like, right. you picked him you 10 know, Chris, before the top- Patriots. <laughs> right. Everyone, Chris, you're, you're on. I had all these people calling me going, you know, you must have seen the same thing Bill Belichick saw. And I, I wanted to be like, yeah, the year he hurt his shoulder and they were six and two, he was second in the NFL in the MVP that year. I mean, it was Mahomes. And we forget that Cam Newton was amazing. 
But yeah, he got also hurt. Also on your list, I don't know if I'm more surprised that Ryan Tannehill is at 11 or if that Kyler is at 12. Because Ooh, yeah. Kyler to me, like to me, he's so Russell Wilson at that age that it's just so obvious. And he's in a system with Cliff Kingsbury that I think is going to fit him perfectly. And he has all these wide, like so many weapons and blocking tight ends. But Tannehill at 11, you have always been higher on Tannehill, but at 11, shocked. I know it did. I, it, it shocked a lot of people. I, I get that. And, you know, Kyler Murray, I said as I was doing the list, I go, you know, even when I did it and got to number 12, I went, man, I might regret having him at 12. I maybe should have put him higher. I, I get it. But I guess when it came down to it, like if there was a tie, I went tie goes to the runner, tie to the guy who's maybe – done it a yes. little longer and been more consistent that's kind of how i broke ties right Tannehill, Tannehill, yeah. yes i know i know i know but you know i th this is another guy it's just so hard and we don't have enough time to break it all down but you know his years in miami are a lot better than people realize then and and again i'd like to challenge anybody out there tell me who the fuck he was playing with out there in miami tell me an offensive lineman who was his go-to receiver? What running back was worth the damn? Devontae I like Park. Adam Gase, but he ain't Sean Payton or Kyle Shanahan, yeah. all right? So, you know, I think I look at all those, and just like most good quarterbacks, you get put into a system that fits your skill set, and all of a sudden you get to show your full array of talent and everything like that, and that's where I just think Tannehill's special, man. Tannehill is, I mean, he's a bullseye thrower. He's arguably the best deep ball thrower in football. You know, he's always on point as far as accuracy is concerned. And it's not dink and dunk type throws. And then, you know, he's a good athlete too. I wish he would run more. But, yeah, I think, you know, he's kind of a, you know, just a – he doesn't have a lot of personality yeah. and he's easy to jump on. But, man, he, he takes advantage, let go of my old phrase, of every yard that's there to be had. I never came away from a game in Tennessee last year going, he should have thrown for 380 and he threw for 280. Every week I came away going, man, he should have thrown for 170, and, but he made five unbelievable throws to throw for 270. And I just want to say that I remember when Derrick Henry was drafted that we were arguing with people going, we've never seen a guy this big that is also this fast. And you're telling me that it's not going to work, and we think you're crazy. Right. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. We I I had a lot of, lot of NFL people pushing back against us uh, when we were saying that stuff about Derek Henry. But that's, you, you know, were like you were like I would same... rather draft Jalen Ramsey and then take Derek Henry in the second than take Zeke. Like we were like that was all we would talk about. It's it's the perfect over scout over analyze like the guy's big he's fast he's strong he dominated the SEC wait 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 for it oh he's fucking good it's like the DK Metcalf thing and two I years and ago, I was going to say also that in Tannehill we need to discuss that AJ Brown should have been on your list you know what I mean like oh whoa like I like, know man I would take. I would take A.J. Brown over Cortland Sutton, and I think Cortland Sutton's great. And Ooh. I think A.J. Brown is, is – God, is he special, and no one's talking about him. I don't think you would if you sat down and watched film with me and we watched it. I think you're, you say that just because 
they were more relevant as no, the year. No, I say it because of this. Cortland Sutton, I know, can go one-on-one on anybody. And his spectacular catches, his ability to lay out is insane. AJ, to me, I look at and go, could this be T.O.? Like, I look at, I I look at AJ I mean, I as, like, just bashing through people. Now, I don't think he has, like, the wide receiver hands, but it's more of, like, I just need to get the ball to him and then let him go to work. Well, he's a yeah. weapon. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a Debo Samuel guy, the same kind of guy. Like, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, yeah, they special, were guys huh? where I sat there. And I was like, oh, man, can I not do it? The, the thing that really blew me away about Cortland Sutton, Lefko, when I went back and started to watch film on these guys is, yak. For, I, I really, in my mind, thought it was a lot That's of jump balls or just beating people. Was, I know, but his yak is like tops in football at the receiver position, wow. too statistically i didn't know it until i did my podcast yesterday but i went i made that comment i said man the one thing that jumped out me about when i went back and watched sutton is i went oh my gosh does he break a lot of tackles and make mm. a lot of people miss for a guy that's, that's why i love that's why i was talking about aj brown um it yeah, is interesting yeah. though and we'll end it on this one because if we're going to do the right we got to do the wrong um daniel jones i know like the fucking yeah blue i mean i you know listen yeah i you was got wrong. him above darnold you got I him really above block you got him above golf I, I i was so impressed with daniel jones last year and i was wrong and you know how soon in the I season think, did you know uh, you were wrong um i'll t- <laughs> before it started that because, preseason performance uh, my dad, with the jets well my dad went to training camp and he went he had been there twice and he after the second time he called me oh he goes oh christopher he goes, you're wrong about Daniel Jones. He goes, oh, man. He goes, it's, he can really throw it. He's like, he's a good at, you know. So I knew, I was like, uh-oh, okay, yeah. well, I might have been wrong. There you go, you know. Hey, I'm not going to be right about all of them. A lot of these guys, I don't get to see in yeah. person do that. But I think I fell a little bit into the Dak Prescott trap a little. There it is, Bad man. talent around him. It affected the play calling. They were very conservative. He made him conservative. And I let that affect me too much. But – Man, I'm excited about Daniel Jones left off. I mean, I think he truly can be a top 10 quarterback wow. in football. And his problems, the fumbling, I look at them as a positive. I really do. Because it, it, he, was, he was trying to be so coachable and in the pocket. And coach told me to go to one, to mm. two, to three. But to me, it shows, yeah, he's coachable and he's trying to do the right thing. But tough as hell. Yeah. Fearless in the pocket. And I think once he gets a little bit better feel for that, I would say Quickly watch Quickly then, out. before we go, the rookie quarterbacks that came yeah. out this year, are there anyone that we could be doing the Dak Prescott thing? Did Justin Herbert have weapons? Did Jordan Love have weapons? Did Joe, Joe Burrow had weapons? Tua Tagovailoa had yeah. weapons. Which of them do we think maybe were – is there anybody that didn't? Well, I, I, Justin Herbert would be the guy that I would say that would fit that mold more. I was I surprised do, you're you know, so low on your list, but I also know you put rookies below everybody because they haven't done anything yet. I do. I do. I, you know, I think out of the guys that got drafted this year, first off, I think he has probably the highest potential to be a special, special player. And I think a lot of the negatives people knocked him on at Oregon were offense-related. That offense stunk out there. I was, I was not impressed with that at all. So he would be the guy. But if we went to, like, Maybe those later round guys, right? That fit that mold. Jacob Eason's the guy guy. with the Jets. Oh. Well, no. I like the guy with the Jets, James Morgan. If there was that, like, one really under the radar, if he ever got a chance to play, he's got some Mm. physical ability and some balls, for lack of a better phrase, let go of, like, 
kind of bit of a gunslinger, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Brett Favre style. He popped to me a little bit. It's a little raw, but he's like, he's got potential. To me, what's wild is Tyrod Taylor going to be the starter in Cleveland. Here comes Baker. Wait for him to develop. Defense becomes amazing. Put him in. Goes to Buffalo. He's going to be the guy. Defense gets built. In comes Josh Allen. He's out of there. Going to be the starter in the Chargers. Defense is insane. Bring in Herbert. Like, all of these defenses are being built while Tyrod's there, and then they're handed over to these other guys. And I'm looking at Herbert, and I just think that no one's talking about him. And I'm like, the roster in the L.A. Chargers is bonkers. Oh, I know. It is. I, I Listen, you're right. You know, I, I, I do think the lack of an offseason is going to save Tyrod Taylor a little bit. Totally. Because it's, you know, Justin Herbert, Judge Justin Herbert never got to put the training with training wheels on excuse me and do that but uh yeah I, I mean I feel bad for Tyrod hey it's on Tyrod Taylor this year he's got to let it go you know it's, right. he goes back to the old thing that we've talked about where you know he he never loses you a no. game but he never wins you a game either and he does not take advantage of all that's there to be had on the field he's like time. Ryan Fitzpatrick he let it go, but he doesn't take chances he just needs he needs to take more yeah. chances he he is he's too conservative and I think that's why Cleveland got him out of there and Buffalo got him out of there. So hopefully he's learned from that and he can be better in, in that area. You know, it's only appropriate that we end by going deep in the weeds about Tyrod Taylor and his situation. <laughs> um, keep kicking ass. So you're where people you can watch you PFT in the morning. Uh, your podcast yep. Sims Unbuttoned is coming out. How many days a week now? Two or three? Yep. Two, two right now. Mondays and Thursdays are coming You're out. You're doing Notre Dame? Yep, Chris Sims unbuttoned. There we go. Yep. Doing Notre Dame, I think, if, if we have college, college football, football. I think that's Sunday going to be a lot football. harder to pick, pick up. Sunday night Commercials football. Yep. with Kurt Warner and Rodney Harrison. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. We'll see. I know. Well, listen, say, send my love to your family and Big Phil. All of the 33%, they miss you and they miss Big Phil, the big fucker. They do. Big oh, time. man. I miss I miss you. I had man. coffee with I Fendrick miss, last know, week. Uh, did yeah, you really? we were talking. How's oh, he he's going? great. You know, oh. like Fendrick's over at overtime killing. You're a, are you gonna get emotional? Oh, you're doing Fendrick. Let's go. Let's go. No, I'm. Do, I want to do my Josh. You know, my Josh impersonation. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's so funny. I miss. I really do miss you guys. I miss everybody at Bleacher yeah, Report. We miss you too. And you keep kicking ass, Thanks, man. Bro. And you're going to be doing some of this basketball stuff, right, I am, going forward? I am moving to Atlanta for a few weeks next week. And so I will be in studio okay. as we get ready for the NBA regular season playoffs, man. Like, Okay. I'm, you're going to hear from me. On a random night, you're going to be in that studio, and I'm going to get on social media and probably make fun of, like, your shirt or something like that. Do I'll wear a maroon like just for you. <laughs> okay. Four right, sips. Good. Peace out, homie. Thor Fendrick. Goody. Goody. I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E man, Dan. That felt good. Peace, homie.